One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia Eats. And welcome to this episode of DeRussia Eats. I'm Jason DeRussia coming at you from downtown Minneapolis at the Odyssey Studios of WCCO Radio. I am the food editor and food critic for Minnesota Monthly Magazine. And each week we bring you interesting people in the food business uh, here in Minnesota, from around the country, uh, going through the same stuff that people in every city are going through. I'm fascinated by the creative process in restaurants. How do you avoid the regular, the boring The road oft-traveled. Two real creatives for you in this episode 27 of DeRussia Eats. Steve Schusler is the creative genius behind Rainforest Cafe. I mean, think of Rainforest Cafe back in its day with the animatronics, the entertainment. Oh, it was so exciting when that lightning and thunder would go. Steve has created dozens of interactive restaurant concepts, including... An incredibly successful restaurant called Boathouse in downtown Disney in Orlando, Florida. He has a laboratory based in suburban Minneapolis. He talks about what drives his creativity today, what diners want, and the differences between Minnesota diners and Disney diners. It's good stuff. Plus, Jamie Olson. I've known Jamie for a long time, a former bartender who became a restaurant owner with Centro and a high-end Mexican restaurant. Then the pandemic hit, she shifted, and she's also come up with a new ghost kitchen concept. It's super fun, delicious stuff. Hippo Pockets. Two creative people getting it done. Lots of inspiration for you in episode 27, Creativity of DeRussia Eats. And our guest today is really uh, a one-of-a-kind, a legend in the restaurant industry. He's also an author. The book is called It's a Jungle in There. Steve Shut Up Shustler is with us. You have a, how many books? You, Steve, get in front of the microphone. Okay, I'm in front of the microphone. <laughs> how many books have you written? I've written two books. The uh, other is Amphicars. Right. Amphicars, uh, the ones that I run at Walt Disney World in Orlando at, at our Boathouse restaurant, uh, were created 1962 to 1967. They built 3,200 of them. There's probably 400 left in the world. We own about 25 of them. We give rides down at Disney World nonstop next to our restaurant, uh, the Boathouse. And uh, we do about 80 rides a day with a captain. Um, huh. And the boats go in at night, get refurbished, and come back the next day. How would you end up? creating restaurant concepts because you didn't start in restaurants did you well i i I, uh, went to camp as a kid and and i my parents couldn't afford to send me to camp so i worked as a waiter i worked as a maitre d so i I worked my way where'd you grow up uh in uh, far rockaway new york bell harbor rockaway beach i mean you don't have a st louis park accent well no and i tried to get rid of my new york accent in front of a mirror for years but it didn't work right (laughs) Why would you? Well, I, you know, everyone Did, says, were oh, you, you, self, must be, you must be from were the Were you East self-conscious Coast. about it? I'm self-conscious about the fact that everybody that heard my voice said, you must be from New York. Yeah, yeah. Helps you stand out, though. You've always been about, about well, I've, standing I've, out for I've the crowd. I've been standing out for a while. You, uh, These are some of the business cards. One of the things I'm proud of, uh, besides, we, we, we cr- not only do we create restaurant concepts, we're, but we're branding experts. 
We do trademarking, uh, licensing. Uh, we do a lot of other things that people don't realize. You came up with Rainforest Cafe, I think, is the one certainly locally and all around the world. Yes, I built 45 in seven years in three continents. We started with the one at Mall of America. We opened October 4th, uh, 1993. Uh, uh, Why do you think that hit? Why do you think that hit so much? Well, it's escapism, uh, and it had great food. You yeah. know, people think that if you're creative. The and food you're, was great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And, People think that if you're a, a creative guy, uh, that you you can't be a foodie as well. Hmm. And we, then we you have ma- to pick like yeah, you have concept, to pick between design, the creative. Yeah, or or that you can't be a world class chef and also have a a creative theatrical hmm. themed restaurant. Yeah. Well, every restaurant in the world is themed. It's a Greek restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant. Right. I mean, they're all themed. Right. So so it's nothing new. It's just that we. We go overboard. Our attention to details off the chart. I mean, you know, just talking about Rainforest Cafe takes me back to sitting in that store at the Mall of America, and it's the a jungle lightning in here. and the thunder go and you the whole like. I mean, it was magical. It was magical, and we would bring our kids there, and they just couldn't believe it. Like it's uh It is about. I don't know. I was talking to a friend last night about restaurants. And we were talking today. They call it the vibes. Are the vibes right? And you've sort of always had a sense for creating that vibe. Yeah, but you know, I, I had uh, uh, downtown the jukebox Saturday night, and I had that for seven years, and uh, it was a wild place, and it was great. And we played fifties and sixties music, and it was a big hit back then. I had a fifty-seven Chevy sticking yeah. out of the wall. A helicopter on the roof. I mean, uh, we went really overboard with it. And when that closed down, I decided I needed to do something that was more family-oriented. I didn't like working until 2 o'clock in the morning, and everybody was always drunk, and you had to deal with all of that. So I created Rainforest Cafe in my home. And all my neighbors bought walkie-talkies, and they all they all would say, hey, you, you can't imagine what this guy's up to now. Uh, I got raided by the FBI and the CIA and everybody else at 3 o'clock in the morning because I had the largest electric bill in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> and they thought I was growing <laughs> marijuana plants. Instead, they came in and they said, we thought we, got a, we, we, we caught a criminal. And we found a nut growing a tropical <laughs> rainforest in his home. How, Steve, Steve Schessler is with us. How, how, do you, how do you keep generating ideas? I guess it's sort of two questions. Do you, do you struggle to keep generating or is it more struggling to kind of keep the train on the tracks and not get distracted with the next new, next new? And No, it, it, we generate a lot of new concepts. We have five laboratories here in Minneapolis where we actually build them out and we create them. So creating them or developing them is, is not the issue. The issue is finding the right place for them then raising the funds to build it. Is it lo- specific location or is it market, right community, right? Right market, right community. I've yeah. got a concept right now. Uh, it's $40 million worth of Chinese artifacts. And Minnesota needs a great Chinese restaurant more than anything you can yeah. ever imagine. And, and I don't know that the audience is here, that there's enough people uh, – that would go into my Chinese restaurant that would help pay for the amount of money it took to uh, develop. 
And that's you, you is that to, what how you ended up in Orlando and in the Disney concept? Well, with yeah, the you have to have a return on investment. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, our boathouse restaurant does fifteen million dollars a year. It's the second largest grossing restaurant in the United States. Fifty million, fifty million, Holy which is crap. just beyond belief. I I always I pinch myself that's every morning crazy. when I wake up. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm honored. I'm humbled by it. Um, uh, Describe I, the concept when you had the vision for it. Well, it, it was it was always to 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 have high quality food, uh, and and develop a, an oceanfront restaurant that had uh, great food, waterfront dining, and I call them dream boats. And they're wooden boats that have uh, brass and copper and silver, and they they look like jewelry. And they're sitting on the water, and we position them about eight or ten inches above the water, and they're floating pieces of artwork yeah. surrounding the entire restaurant. So people come, they take pictures, their their children take rides in the amphicards, the families do, do. and our restaurant is run uh, uh, by a Chicago group called Gibson's. Gibson's oh, yeah. have some of the great, best steaks great in, steak in the country. In yeah, Chicago. They, they have their around, own yeah. uh, their own brand of steak, and. I learned with Rainforest Cafe after opening up 45 and 7 years in three continents that I know what I do great. And what I do great is not operating day to day. I don't want to touch cash. I don't want to deal with human resources. I want to create. I want to instill my my creativity into a concept. Um, I'm great at tasting the food and, and describing what's right for me, even though I'm not a chef. Mm. I want to be part of every every single part of the restaurant. Do you think chefs and owners take restaurants too seriously? I don't think you could take food too seriously when you're, you're, you're feeding the public. Yeah. And, and, and you know. Uh, my- but you know what I mean. There's sort of a, an obsession about the detail of the culinary technique. And I sometimes think people have left behind the fact that we want to be entertained. We want to be transported. We want an experience. Well, I, I think so. I mean, there's there's a couple of restaurants in town, which I won't mention, which are high-end, high-quality restaurants. And they have a, a flower on the table and a couple of plants hanging in the place, but they have a world-class chef, yeah. and they think that's enough. And personally, I think they could put a lot more of their talent uh, into the atmosphere and the decor. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's the I music. I think it matters. It matters for r- diners care about it. Well, there are some foodies who don't. I always argue with those folks. I do too. But 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 here's the deal. We build our restaurants on the five senses. And one of the five senses is taste. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's sure. taste, it's touch, it's color, it's texture. You know, if you don't like the texture of something, you're not going back. You're not going to eat it. And obviously it's service. Yeah. Our service is off the chart. We train and retrain and retrain. And, you know, how do you hire somebody with a smile? How do you hire somebody with a great attitude? Or tell them they don't have a great attitude. Right. Right. It's a, it's a hard it's thing to do. It's tough. It's, a, it's one of the toughest businesses there are. When I give advice or speeches around the country, I tell people, find another profession. It's It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, uh, you know, I was a dishwasher. I was a server. So I did it all. So, I, I, you know, when I talk to somebody, I'm talking from experience at somebody that's been at the bottom. Steve Schessler is our guest. DeRussia Eats. It's brought to you by Liquor Boy. I, I want to ask you when we come back about a Galaxy Drive-In. It's probably locally anyway, the oh, yeah. number one thing you get asked about. Sure. Because that hasn't 
worked. And so we'll talk about why and what's going to happen with that uh, that location. Love to. Uh, and talk a little bit about some of your favorite lessons and experiences you've learned over the years in opening so many different concepts. One of the most creative people in restaurants, most successful, too. Uh, Steve Shussler is our guest on DeRussia Eats as we continue here on CCO. He's got two books. I don't know how many restaurants over the years he's opened up. Steve Shussler is with us. The book, It's a Jungle in There. Another book about Amphicars. Uh, five restaurants in the Orlando area. Uh, one of our texters asked to ask you about Galaxy Drive-In. Is somebody who lives in that neighborhood and says, frankly, it's it's been an embarrassment. You you bought that restaurant. It's across the street from uh, your headquarters, right? Right. No, my, it's across the street from one of my laboratories. Oh, one of your labs. Yeah, yeah. And I also have a charity. It's a 501c3, which, which uh, uh, we do incredible things with kids with uh, catastrophic illness. Mm. And I can talk to you about that. Yeah. Uh, 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 one of the Polads, John Polad, dresses up as Batman. I have a Batmobile, and we take care of kids that are that are dying, and 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 so we have a whole laboratory over there that was just devoted to that. To that. And then we have four other laboratories in Minneapolis just devoted. So you can to, build out these to building out the restaurant concepts. ideas. Yeah. So what happened with Galaxy Driving? Well, Galaxy was great when I took it over 15 years ago. It was a wreck. You, you kicked the stove, and the stove would fall in. It, it had was it uh, Wagner's before? It was Wagner's. Yeah, and and it was it was a disaster. Old school drive-in, had old sort school of, drive-in. They, yeah, they let the meat sit in the water, and it it, it, it wasn't uh, what I would consider a great drive-in. So right. I spent a million dollars on revamping it, making it look good, uh, uh, and uh, we hired a company out of Chicago to take care of the day-to-day business. As I was telling you earlier, that's not my, and I was embarrassed. The food came out in a half hour instead of 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, the food sometimes was cold. Sometimes it was hot. It was inconsistent. They couldn't find uh, people to work in there. So I, I love it. I love the way it looks. I love the fact that it's a neighborhood place for family. Yeah. But you can't find people that want to work full-time in a drive-in when it's 30 below zero. And in January, you got to close. So it's hard to have a restaurant that's open five months a year and make any money. Right. You have to hire a mom and a dad that want to own a family business that's really cool and fun. Uh, and I thought it was cool for the kids to play chess and, and throw a football with their dad on the weekends and look at our waterfalls and all yeah. of the other stuff. But all it did was cost me money. I supported it for 10 years. I didn't make any money. And I just decided, you know, it's time to give somebody else an opportunity to turn it into something worthwhile. It's a landmark location. It's been there forever. Um, That's right. Right on the highway there. Right on the highway. You know, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful building. But what what is it now? Is it it's right nothing? Now right now it's it's Galaxy Driving, but it, it, it's got a sign that says uh, it's for lease. Yeah. You know, I have Hot Dog Hall of Fame at Universal Studios uh, in in Florida, so I'm used to dealing that with fast of, food. Yeah. Is it? I mean, you have a bunch of restaurants. It's not lost on me that you have a bunch of restaurants in Florida and nothing. You have no restaurants here in Minnesota right now, No, right? no restaurants. Is it easier? Do people spend more money? Are they more lucrative? What's the difference? It's a bigger crowd. I get 50 million people that, that, that come to, to Florida. Built-in audience. And, and, and built-in audience. Yeah. And they want to see the creativity. 
They, they want escapism. They want to go to a, a new place. They want to check out the food. And our food is world class. I mean, uh, we, we, we have steaks, chops, and seafood. Uh, again, it's run by uh, Gibson's out of Chicago. It's world-class service and world-class food. I'm really proud of it. And you're you're also in uh, Animal Kingdom? Is I'm that... in Animal Kingdom. We have Yak and Yeti. It's a Pan-Asian restaurant. Again, uh, the guests just, they praise it. Disney Imagineering uh, people praise it. So we're, we, 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 we've done very, very well. Listen, I live here in Minnesota. I love being here. It's almost impossible to make money in the restaurant business in Minnesota. Uh, you, 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 you can't get the crowds. You can't get the turns of the tables. You know, you, we get six, seven turns a day uh, in Orlando, and you're lucky if a restaurant sometimes gets two or three turns here. We, th- we eat early and stop early. Yeah, I mean, you here. can't get to yeah. a restaurant at 10 o'clock at night in Minneapolis. Right now, I can yeah. go out at 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, in in yeah. New York, two o'clock, three o'clock. But in in Florida, your restaurants are open till eleven thirty at night, twelve o'clock. You know, you got tourism. Tourism is a huge, impactful uh, uh, a piece of consideration that I think that's we make right. in opening up a restaurant. The tourism money, especially now that you've lost in Minneapolis so much the business travel that supported restaurants And here. the conventions. And the convention. And the hotels. Because the people who live here, Minnesotans don't like to hear this, but they're cheap when it comes to eating out? Well, I, I can't say they're cheap. They're not used to the prices that we're used to seeing in Florida or Naples or New York or it's, Chicago. It's way more uh, expensive. Yeah, it's way more expensive. Because you have to pay to, I mean, if you want this kind of stuff, like you got to pay for it. Got to pay for it. And it has to be attractive for a business owner to make money. It, 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 the business is changing. Uh, uh, everything is 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 uh, is up in price. Doesn't matter whether it's paper goods, hmm. uh, toilet paper, uh, everything. Uh, so it costs more money, and you have to pass it on. Do you see? And we're talking to Steve Schussler on Russia Eats. Do you see an appetite for a return to kind of a a theme type restaurant like Rainforest Cafe was? Well, I, I, it depends. People seem so focused on, like, their local restaurant. They like the local chef, the local story. Could a, could a national chain like that play again? Well, you know, uh, the boathouse, we're looking for other locations for the boathouse. I have to be by the water. We have to be able to get Amphicars in because we – we call our restaurants an attraction, a mm-hmm. restaurant, and a retail store because we have a retail store in every place. And that represents 15 to 20 percent of the bottom line. Oh, uh, in terms of yeah, it's, merchandise, it's a lot of money. And, merchandise, and, yeah. and high-end merchandise. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's really nice. People want to shop; they want to spend money. Listen, we we got decimated uh, by the pandemic. I mean, it killed the restaurant business, and, and and a lot of people left the business, and they're not coming back. So every place you go to is short help. There's not one restaurant you'll go into that's fully staffed, and that's a problem. Yeah, Steve Schussler. Uh, so interesting talking to you. I really appreciate you being here. Your charity is called Superheroes for Super Kids. Superheroes right? with Super Kids Foundation. It's a 501c3. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. We do uh, one kid a month, and we do their whole family. Uh, and it, it, it's a, it's an amazing thing uh, that, that we process the, these these children and their families. Um, it uh, we have a young lady that uh, uh, 
does all of the vetting for us. Uh, and she was the original woman for Make-A-Wish Foundation, huh. Carla Blumberg. Yeah. Does an incredible job. It's cool. Wishes and More is the name of that uh, organization. It's great to have you here. Thanks for spending some time with us today. And, Loved uh, it. Congratulations thank on everything. Thank you very much for everything. When you go, You're doing when, a great job. W- thank you. When you go to Florida, go to the Boathouse, go see Steve's Restaurant, and it's great to have you here. DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. Our guest on DeRussia Eats is one of my favorite people. She has uh, built an incredible business that started with one location, uh, selling tacos. And now you got burgers. You just launched another new business. Jamie Olson, uh, the business genius behind Centro. It's a big, Genius. is that too much Genius. of a Genius, whoa. This well, intro is like good. When you, Keep going. When, Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we got Centro. We've got Hippo Pockets just yep. launched. Mm-hmm. And then you have your burger concept called Everyone. Everyone. Everyone Burgers. And don't forget Vivir. Oh, and then we have also, our, little, our little agave lounge, Escondido. So we've got five brands, five. Jason. Five. In five years. It'll be our five-year anniversary, five-year birthday. At Centro this year, June, you June thirtieth. You've worked in restaurants and bars for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, my entire life, well, for the most part. What was your first job? Um, in a restaurant, I would say Dairy Queen. Dairy, if you Dairy consider Queen. that, or yeah, yes. Dairy Queen. I a lot know, of people, a lot of people in the Twin Cities restaurant business, DQ was the first job. Uh huh. Yeah, and I would love to take it full circle someday and, you know, end up back at Dairy Queen. If, Wouldn't it be amazing <laughs> to own a Dairy done. Queen? I could uh, work at Dairy Queen the rest of my life if, you know. What was, like, what, did you like making blizzards or was it, did you like the curly cue on top of the sauce? Yeah, I was cone? real good at that. The dip? Like the, the number of humps for small, medium, large. Oh, the dip, that's how they did the it? The dip was always challenging. The we dipping the cone in the chocolate? Right. Yeah, like yeah. some, yeah. Um, Favorite yeah. Dairy Queen? Oh, God, this is going to be classic Oreo, probably. Oh. Classic Oreo Blizzard. A Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. I always like the chocolate-covered cherry Blizzard, which they discontinued. Oh, yeah. I love huh. the chocolate-cherry combo. But I also like, what, is it the Buster Bar? Is that the one yeah, with, like, with the, the peanuts? Nuts and the, yeah, we made I love those. The bus- you made them? Yeah. I know, were, like, some like of the old-school small... ones make... There's one, I think, in Apple Valley that makes... The Buster Bar. Yeah, we. This was small. Like this wasn't the Brazier one. It was the the small old school. I was made ta- everything in house. This is such a random conversation. <laughs> so a but I was talking to a friend <laughs> the other night. I was out with a group of friends from Stearns County, and they were talking about what a big deal it was when, like, one of the rural Minnesota cities had Brazier. Mm-hmm. Like that was the fancy DQ. <laughs> if you had the brazier, yeah, <laughs> you had that exactly. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in North Dakota, uh, a little town called Valley City, an hour west of Fargo. Um, probably about two thousand people population. Small town, and you yeah. moved to the big city. Yeah, eventually, in a very, a very long roundabout way, ended up in. South Carolina for a little bit and San Diego for a little bit and then finally settled in Minneapolis, Twin Cities area. So, Jamie Olson owns Centro, their first location in Northeast. Yep. You had uh, opened when? 2018. 2018. June. And it's a beautiful building right by Indeed Brewery. Mm-hmm. 
and Centro. Well, explain what your concept was, because you've pivoted a bit and changed, and now you've morphed into, as you said, five different businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our original concept was actually a refined concept that I know that you know, Jason, um, called Popo Vu, and we had a lot of success with that. Um, that space, when we moved in, came with another space that we turned, we made uh, into Centro, um, a fast, casual taco, taco and mar place, um, very contrasting to the refined experience. Um, and everything was going great, and we were, you know, Centro was the engine, and we were killing it, and there was lines out the door, and business was booming, and then pandemic hit, and, you know, we had to close two restaurants, not just one. One, obviously, Centro, you know, was very, we were very easily able to flip into the curbside takeout and the refined. It was just too hard to transition. So we sat Just didn't translate. No, yeah, you can't, yeah. The staffing, you you wouldn't be able to charge it. It's just no way. It it didn't make sense. No. Uh, So we sat on that space and it was, you know, it was dark times and then big, empty, gloomy space. And we didn't know what refined dining would look like when we were able to open. We didn't know right. when we'd be able to open. So we, you know, took the opportunity and transitioned and flipped into something a little more, um, another casual concept, more of a market cafe uh, that made a lot of sense for the Northeast neighborhood. And they love it. We were very, you know, well accepted or people were happy we were there. Of course, people miss Popovu. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe... Maybe someday. Who knows? You can save that concept in the back pocket for yeah. sure. Yeah. People, but who knows if that's how people want to eat? Yeah. Yeah. It's changing, and it, I've fallen how, in love with fast casual. So. So t- talk to me about that, Jamie Olson, who runs Centro and Vivir in Northeast, and now Centro has a location on Eat Street in Minneapolis, and just launched a new location in the Highland uh, neighborhood in St. Paul. How, you know, after working in fine dining restaurants, having this dream of opening a really incredible, well-regarded, uh, fine dining, Mexican-inspired restaurant, what what made you fall in love with uh, fast casual? Because diners um, certainly yeah. have fallen in love with fast casual. Yeah. I, you know, I like the whole flexibility of the experience for the guests. Um, it's a little more you know, choose your own adventure situation. So you can really, you know, you can, your, your net for your, your people and your demographic is, is much larger. Um, it's a, it's a system based operation, fast casual. So you have to have your systems and your efficiencies down. And I really like building something like that and seeing it work. So explain that. What what does that mean? Uh, so it's faster pace. So you, you know, you have to have, like, for example, our uh, margaritas, we have a craft-style bar, but our tacos ma- might hit the table in three minutes before this um, nicely crafted cocktail. Um, so we put our cocktails on tap so we can get them to the table before the margarita oh, interesting. Hits, before the food hits the table. Yeah. There's just all sorts of... Getting the timing right, getting the yeah. speed, getting yeah. still having the quality and the consistency. Yeah. 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 I like it. I like the fast pace. Um, I like, I like refined too. I'm not saying that oh, I, yeah. I definitely yeah. miss it, but I do like the, the lower, uh, expectation, I guess, of, of the fast casual experience. Sure. Do you find that the guest is a little more forgiving in a fast casual environment? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are the, like, the fine yeah. dining guests, like you, if you're going to pay fine dining prices, you expect. You got to be on point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Interesting. 
Jamie Olson expanded Central from that first location in Northeast, um, and you blew it out, as you said. You put in Bevere, which is has like a great marketplace, but also like a bakery and a coffee and all of that. So it kind of feels like full of daylight. You go in there during the day. Talk to me about the Agave Spirits Bar that you have. Sort of, it's a little bit of a. I think it's a, a hidden gem that people, more people, should know about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very small. It only seats probably ten to twelve people. Uh, at the most. So that really, um, you know, I let our in-house agave expert, Todd Mulehair, kind of take the reins and run with it because um, I obviously love the the culture in the behind the agave spirit and mezcal and tequila, but I'm not, you know, I don't have the education that this person does. So he's very You passionate. were a bartender. I was a bartender. Yeah. And in, 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 at heart, I, I still am, I think. <laughs> Um, but no, he knows it all. He, I've never met anybody with as much knowledge as him. So he hosts these, uh, private tasting experiences, or you can walk in, um, on Friday and Saturday after five and, and you'll find him or one of our other team members there. It's a mezcal, agave, tequila, all of that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's called Escondido. So you can just walk in on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. After five and nice. have a really cool, unique experience, definitely. It's really cool. And right mm-hmm. now, I mean, so uh, to say on trend sounds trite, but for sure, if the last two decades was all about bourbon, uh, I think the next two decades, it's, it's not me being a genius saying this, but the sales data says it, the next two decades are certainly going to be tequila, mezcal, yeah. soto, yep. on and on and on. Yep, it's you know it's happening. It has been happening in a lot of the cities, and it's it's happening more and more in Minneapolis. So we'll see. We'll see a lot more. Are we those. sometimes slower for these trends to get here? Oh, I yeah, I think so. What? Sure. Why do you think that is? I mean, we have you know social media. Everyone sees Instagram from the coast. People have friends all over the place. Like, why does it take so long for like a for for a trend to show up here? You know, I'm not not the expert, so I don't know, but I would imagine it has something to do with our size. And, you know, we're a little more insulated as Minneapolis and St. Paul goes. Yeah. Or I don't think we have a lot of people moving, you know, across the nation or internationally as many uh, to Minneapolis, St. Paul, as we see in, you know, Chicago, New York and those those bigger cities. Jamie Olson is with us when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about expanding to St. Paul and then talk about this innovation of how you guys came up with this hippo pocket yeah, idea. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's a fun name, and I think you guys will like to learn more about it. Jamie Olson, who owns Centro in Northeast, Eat Street, and now in Highland Park, which one of our texters just said. They had dinner with friends there last Thursday. Fantastic atmosphere, food, and margaritas. We'll be back soon. Aww. That's nice. That's so nice. I love that. All right. More with Jamie Olson on Derusha Eats, brought to you by Liquor Boy and the Minnesota Pork Board. Next. Derusha Eats, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy. We continue our conversation with Jamie Olson, Centro, Vivir, Everyone. Everyone is your burger concept. Yep. Yep. And why did you launch that? Uh, you know, we had we're working on the Nicollet space on East Street, and then also the Highland Park Street uh, place was in development about at the same time. Um, 
and they're too massive spaces and they're too big for just the central brand. So, you know, we really started wrapping our heads around what would pair well with this mm. taco concept mm-hmm. and, you know, talk tacos and burgers. It, Makes sense. Yeah. Right. It, it made sense. <laughs> what more do Americans love? Uh-huh. I mean, those are, you can throw in pizza maybe, but those, those yep. are our food groups, I think. Yeah. Pizza maybe someday. Ryan, why not? How tired, tired, how tired you are. <laughs> um, so you have the burger concept, and then you're like, I don't have enough on my plate, and you launched Hippo Pockets. Yes, Hippo Pockets. What is Hippo Pockets? So uh, Hippo Pockets is a brand that we came up with this winter. Um, we moved into our Eat Street space, which is our – Large commissary kitchen. Um, there's 8,000 square feet of kitchen. We've got a lot of room, and we have it so we can grow the central brand and, you know, really make everything efficient and systematic, like I talked about earlier. It's right um, on 2412 Nicollet Avenue for yes. people if you want to – if yeah. you need to drive there tonight, that's how that's the address. It's a cool spot. Um, so we had a little extra time this winter between projects and a lot of space, and – uh, our Centro Crunch, if anybody, you know, has been to a Centro, that's our number one selling item. It's, it's a whole story in itself for how it <laughs> got onto our menu. Um, but people go crazy for it. So we were around, sitting around the Nicolette kitchen and brainstorming some ideas to, to utilize that kitchen space fully. And I was just thinking, how much mileage can we get out of this Centro Crunch? And the Centro Crunch, t- it's like, uh, how would you describe it? Uh Crunchwrap Supreme. (laughs) From another restaurant, that would be a good... But it's It's like... It's a flour tortilla vessel. If you took a burrito and like flattened it and kind of pan fried the tortilla, that's sort of the bit. Yep. It's delicious. It's really good. One of my kids always gets it when we come to Centro. Yeah. Teenagers. (laughs) They can eat many of those. It's a bit of a gut bomb. It's a big, it's a big deal for sure. But it was so, so, it's your number one thing. Yep. And so we, you know, we have, it's very easy for us to create these ghost kitchen or cloud kitchens as they're known uh, brands uh, and easily run it out of that, that Nicolette space. So we created this, this hippo pocket. So we, we you know, we're taking, taking it to the next level and really creating these fun, unique flavors um, all folded into this flour tortilla and grilled on a press. Um, and, you know, we're adding a lot of that 90s nostalgia. You know, when the website's really funny. It's, it's like fun. Great yeah. design. Got the cassette uh, tape on there. We got the hippo mascot. We, you know, this is just really about having fun with this brand. We're not, it's very classic flavors and you know just approachable. What, what's not to like yeah. yeah pizza and baked chicken bacon ranch and chicken and waffle and philly um the royale which is my personal favorite um, like a ham and cheese type situation like a like a cheeseburger oh like a cheeseburger yeah, royale like yeah. oh cool <laughs> nice um and waffle fries uh as well which so. are awesome yeah very good it's fun we're just having a lot of fun with it and it's something we could we could do, and we'll see where we take it next. Right now, we're really, really focused on. Is it, know, why is it so easy to do it? Is it just because all you have to do is launch a website, or, or? it's a lot of marketing and branding? I mean, mm. the kitchens in place, the, the the teams in place. You have all the the elements that you need to create, and a, it doesn't it doesn't rob from your existing brand. So, do you find it's 
additive business as opposed to just shifting people from Centro into Hippo Pocket? It's an additive. So it's the same additive. people that are cooking the Centro food at right. night are also No, cooking. I just mean from the customer perspective. Oh. So uh, it's an do additive. you worry that it's going to steal business away that just would have gone to Centro anyway? Or is it is it additive in that you're growing? I think growing it's, it? it's additive. Um, it, you know, it's it's wasn't available in our restaurant at all. Um, but then we, you know, have yeah. a lot of people that order pickup from third party and show up and eat it at our, you know, restaurant uh-huh. anyways. But then they order a margarita or they order something from the uh-huh. central yeah. menu. So it is, it's an additive. It's bringing, you sort bringing of, people in. You feel like on Monday I can go to Centro, on Tuesday I can go to everyone, on Wednesday I can order from Hippo Pockets. Yeah. And it's all Jamie Olson money. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's all my money. It's but. a win-win-win for you, but from a business standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. It's, it's interesting. It's just a different company. way of thinking about running a restaurant space. Mm-hmm. It's not just about that one concept necessarily. Yeah. And we might, you know, we have the ability to create to create more. And it's a good testing ground, too, you know, to test something. If and it if, works. or If yeah. it works, you don't have if to. If it doesn't, no loss, really. Exactly. Just the Just web. time. Oh, time. <laughs> you got plenty of that, right? All right, Jamie Olson, before you go, I need three restaurant recommendations from you that are not one of your own concepts. Three favorites that you like. That are not one of my own concepts. Yeah, like a, like other restaurants. Other restaurants that you. Oh like yeah, to. easy. Um, you know, I'm going to stick with St. Paul here because I've been. That's your neighborhood. Out. It's my neighborhood. Right? I've lived there for 20 years. I think there's a lot of great things happening. Um, Chips Clubhouse, one of my favorites. Great neighborhood spot. I love it. Bar cart that just opened up. Um, and then outstanding. Gosh, there's so many. I Those are two good with. ones. Gus, I really like Gus Gus too. They they do mm. a good job. These are those are probably my three top recommendations these days when people Look are looking it. for newer places. Look at us. We're bro- <laughs> we're brilliant. Jamie Olson, congratulations. Thanks, Centro. Jason. You can find Centro in Northeast Minneapolis on Nicolet Eat Street and newly opened in Highland Park in St. Paul, where it's doing great, right? Yeah, it's business. St. Paul, man. Plenty of business. Oh, yeah. Plenty of business over there. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast on WCCO Radio, 830 AM. We do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice. Five stars. And leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. Jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.